0: Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Jessica Cornelius, CIO at Hendricks Regional Health. In this segment, Cornelius talks about the collaborative approach they're taking to select an EHR system, the major infrastructure upgrade you need when going from a mom-and-pop shop into a Walmart, and the fine line leaders walk in keeping data safe without losing the trust of the users. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvata. The healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at improvada.com. Hi, Jessica. Thanks so much for taking some time to speak with us today.
1: Thank you, Kate. My pleasure. So I think the best way to get started is to get, um, I would say, a high-level overview of Hendrix Regional Health, um, what you have in terms of hospital beds, some of the ambulatory offerings, and where you're located.
2: Sure. I'd be happy to. Uh, Hendricks Regional Health is located in Danville, Indiana. It's about 20 miles west of Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, We serve mainly Hendricks County, but also the surrounding counties to the west of us. Uh, We have a 160-bed hospital, uh, three medical centers in each of the major towns in Hendricks County. It's Plainfield, Brownsburg, and Avon. Um, We're currently building a new medical center in Brownsburg that will offer full women's services, um, and not just traditional services, um, but also cardiology, sports medicine, uh, plastic and reconstructive surgery as well. Uh, We have about 30 skilled nursing facilities that we partner with across the state of Indiana, and we have wellness clinics as well. Uh, One of the major initiatives that we've done this year is partnered with the local schools here in Hendricks County to provide wellness services and clinics on-site.
1: Okay. And the new medical center, you you talked about When is that slated
2: to open? That's slated to open in the fall of 2017, so we're well underway for the construction and and working on technology planning for that right now, and that will be a $50 million facility.
1: Okay. So obviously um, a lot going on there. And uh, in terms of uh, the clinical application environment, what what type of uh,
2: EHR is in the hospital at this point? Uh, We actually have several EHRs right now. When we first installed an EHR 28 years ago, uh, that was well before my time, but the decision at the time was to have a best of breed model, having different EHRs that suited the different departments and getting the best of what you could for each of those areas. Um, Given the changes that we've had in healthcare, we're actually looking at and in the middle of an assessment to look at a single integrated EMR um, that can bring all that information together. So we're in process of that right now, and we'll hope to have a decision here by the end of 2016.
1: Okay. That's something that I always find pretty interesting, just as far as how you go about incorporating some of the the different uh, opinions, different needs, and can you just talk a little bit about that process and, and what the strategy is there? Sure.
2: Uh, selecting an EHR in the past, I think it's been seen as an IT project, and we've uh, really recognized that this can't be just a technology project, project it's about our clinicians. Um, it's about getting them involved and really getting everybody involved in that process. So we've really taken a collaborative approach. We've involved everyone in the organization. We've invited everyone to see demos, to go out and visit sites where different EHRs are hosted. Um, and to really give their opinion, and we're doing that uh, through a survey, and we're collecting all of that data. Uh, but we want to make sure that people have a choice. Ultimately, this is the decision of the organization; it's not just an IT decision. Right. right. That's important. And
1: at this point, are there, without getting into the, to the names, if you don't want to, sure. uh, are, are there still, a, are, are there basically like a couple of uh, that you're being choosing between as far as some of the different offerings out there, or? or their plans for kind of narrowing down by a certain date?
2: Uh, we actually engaged advisory services to come in. Uh, Pricewaterhouse Waterhouse it came in and uh, they're assisting us with this process, but we um, have an EHR currently for the inpatient, one for ambulatory services, uh, one for the ED, one for rehab services, um, and we recognize that there's issues with integration there. So what we wanted to look at is um, what are the things that we want to look at in the EHR that will give us the quality of care, the patient safety that we're looking for, and the communication as well. That's really um, 90% of any of the errors we see is communication. So mm-hmm. A single integrated EMR is really the way to go, and we're currently reviewing two options across the organization to get feedback on functionality and see what our clinicians, our physicians, um, and others think of that solution.
1: Okay. So, from, from what you said before, obviously, there, there has been uh, some type of, of EHR, or a couple different ones, for mm-hmm. for a long time but um, can you talk about some of the the changes that the organization
2: has been through in recent years as far as the the HRs? Sure, sure. Well, I think the organization has grown really, really quickly, especially in the last five to seven years. Um, And I always like to use the analogy, we were a mom-and-pop shop and we grew into a Walmart overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, So that presented us with some challenges on how we could deliver quality patient care and how we can give our patients what they need to bring them into their own care and make them feel like they're part of that. So that has been a challenge for us and actually led us to this decision. Um, One of the challenges we've had with assessing an EMR is making sure that we do have everyone involved, making sure that communications are out in the organization, everybody knows what we're doing and they're aware of those steps. Okay, from a technology
1: standpoint, there have been other changes besides uh, what you're looking at with the, with the EHR as far as uh, moving towards different, different technologies, or how has that been?
2: Absolutely. So uh, when I came to the organization about three years ago, we were looking at an infrastructure that was probably 15 to 20 years old. So that was one of the things that we decided to focus on for 2016, not just in preparation for uh, new EHR coming in, but also – how are we going to take the organization into the future, and you can't do that with technology that's 15 to 20 years old. Um, So some of the things that we focused on this year, we've completely redesigned the network. So redoing all the wiring, the wireless, uh, taking all that out, putting in a standard design, refreshing all the equipment, and putting in a capital lease structure um, so that that equipment can be replaced every two to three years. Um, putting in a voice over IP phone system. We had traditional PBX phones that didn't really integrate into anything. And actually, there were different phone systems across facilities. So putting in a common system, putting in a security program, that was a big change for us. It didn't really change the technology, but it changed how we administered that. So that was a big change for us. We also, as we looked at transformation and, and how we were going to transform IT, we had to make the decision between what was a commodity service and what was value add. And one of those commodity services was having the data center hosted here on site. So we did make a decision to go ahead and move to a cloud hosted model um, and really take that off the plate and let someone else uh, handle that.
1: Okay, so talking about, about a lot of pretty big changes. Mm-hmm. and as far as, as moving to a cloud-hosted model, was that something that was, I don't want to say difficult to sell, but but maybe a, a tougher one to sell people on because uh, there is still some
2: hesitancy when it comes to the cloud? Actually, actually um, that was an easier sell for us. There were some solid numbers that we could put to that. An organization our size with uh, how we're expanding uh, when we looked at refreshing a data center and you're looking at 25 to $30 million to do that, mm-hmm. that just wasn't in our bandwidth. And actually the IT team here was excited to make that move to cloud hosting. And it's letting executive management know that you know, we're doing this not only to save money, but also to give us 24-7 support and give us the capacity monitoring and the security monitoring that we haven't had in the past, that was actually uh, an easy communication for us.
1: Okay. And, then, and you mentioned that the security program. What were some of the changes that you made there?
2: Yeah, so the biggest thing in the security program was putting um, some tools in place, uh, partnering with our data center partner to put the monitoring in place, letting people know that computers were not just for personal use, that uh, things were being monitored. We were going to have to start blocking sites. I'm sure as with other healthcare organizations, we often get the question, why can't I look at Pinterest? Why can't I look at Facebook? Uh, You absolutely can, just not on our network, um, because those are areas where you see a a high rate of malicious emails and, and malware that comes through. So we did have to make those changes, and that was actually a big cultural change for people to know that. Um, we have a high degree of trust in the organization, um, and letting people know that those those kind of things were being monitored, um, that was a hard communication for us to make and to get that buy-in.
1: Yeah, I I can imagine that's something that has to be approached pretty carefully. And is it a matter of just really presenting the, the downsides, or you know, really communicating what what can happen? If there are
2: uh, security incidents, yeah, really it is, and it's um, about keeping consistent communications. Um, and this is all about education for us, and. As- as I'm sure you know, it's part of a security program. Education is probably 70% of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and making sure that people know why we're doing it. Uh, keeping them up to date on the latest security breaches that have happened has been a um, a big thing for us in communication to let people know this just happened and we're taking these steps to ensure it doesn't happen here. Yeah. Now with um, what you just talked about with security and mm-hmm.
1: with you know, a lot of the changes, the issue comes up of... Uh, cultural change and what it takes to uh, introduce these types of changes. And, and you've talked about communication being an important part of that. Sure. But is there anything else you could say about the approach that, that you've used with introducing a lot of change?
2: Absolutely. So when you're introducing change, even though it's much of this is IT-focused, uh, it's communication at all levels of the organization. We also have a terrific marketing department here at Hendricks, Um, who has assisted us with all of those communications, and we always get their buy-in. The other thing we do is we tie all of our communications um, and all of the changes that we make in the organization to our values. So we value collaboration and engagement and integrity and loyalty and respect. Um, And those are things that we make sure when we're communicating, we're doing this out of respect for, um, if it's a security change, we're doing it out of respect for our patient's information. So... Making sure that we incorporate those, I think that's been important to the organization and it's been important in driving those changes for people to understand why. We need to tie it back to something common that they see and they, they want to see our values displayed. So we make sure that we do that.
1: Right. And I can imagine that when you're part of an organization where there is a high de- high degree of trust, it's something where, where it's really important to you to to maintain that
2: absolutely it is trust is it takes a long time to build um it's taken 3 years since i've been here to uh build the trust of the organization that you know i'm while it might have worked for 15 to 20 years uh, we obviously didn't try to break it um but it's it's trying to fix things as you go along and build that trust and you definitely don't want to erode that by um, doing things without people knowing, turning things off or on without people knowing. It's important that everybody understands fully what IT is doing in the organization.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com podcast.